What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll talk through some outright options, some head-to-head matchups, and then one-and-done plays for this week. Uh, there is a live chat Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel that will uh, allow us to go through all the questions and answers, ownership, uh, bets you want to make, all that good stuff for this week's API. So don't miss that. But otherwise... Let's jump into the bets. All right, before we jump into the board, we have to look back at last week. I think there was a great lesson to be learned. Colin Morikawa wins the WGC Workday at 55 to 1, or at least that's the number that some places had it. When I woke up Monday morning and I looked up uh, the odds for the week, that was smacking me in the face. So when I tweeted it out, Colin Morikawa was 55 to 1. Some places had him as short as 35 to 1 at the same time, which really the lesson is then be able to shop, right? If you open up your book and you only have a 35 to one on Colin Morikawa, that's great. Hitting a 35 to one is, is always awesome. But the ability to be able to be like, Oh, let me shop this around. Oh, it's 40 here. It's 45 there. It's 55 to one here. Uh, obviously a much better situation. So having, having access, if you can, to a couple of different books, a couple of different options certainly goes a long way. Also shopping these numbers from one app to another goes a long way, uh, as evidenced by what we saw last week. Um, and if you if you need more books, go to rickrungood.com slash bets, and there's a couple of books up there for a lot of states. Get your free bets in, and then you can shop these numbers all around. Uh, for this week's for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational, the tournament predictor has been run. This tournament has been simulated 1,000 times, and I will show you the results. And here they are in all their glory. No surprise to see Rory McIlroy leading the way in terms of uh, win simulation wins. He won my simulations 9.8% of the time. That's the most of any golfer in this field. That's no surprise. He's eight and a half to one to win this golf tournament. Um, Patrick Reed was next, 8.8%. Terrell Hatton, 7.6%. Bryson DeChambeau, 62 And then Hideki, 6.1%. Maybe that's the one that is the most surprising. But if you're if you're new to the channel, if you're new to trying to figure out what this tool is, essentially this the results of this tournament get simulated 1,000 times. Uh, how often does each golfer win? Finish inside the top 10, top 20, uh, and top 5. And then we compare those to the odds to see if this is actually bettable or not. So the Rory McIlroy number, while he does win the golf tournament 9.8% of the time, the most of anybody in this field, it's not really bettable uh, because the implied odds uh, that he has uh, currently at either William Hill or at at DraftKings um, – indicate he's going to win this golf tournament about 10% of the time. I have him winning it about 9.8% of the time. There is no, you know, there's no built-in equity there. Now there is, there is some value built in on the next two guys here, Patrick Reed and Terrell Hatton. So Reed at 8.8% in my simulations winning it only has to win it about three and a half percent of the time to pay himself off. So that's a pretty significant upgrade for Patrick Reed and then Terrell Hatton in a similar way. Uh, I have him winning 7.6% of the time. Odds imply that he wins it 5.3% of the time. So there is some juice to squeeze out of that one. And then Hideki was the other big one that um, would, would indicate value. He is currently as of this moment, 28 to one, which implies he's winning this golf tournament about 3.4% of the time. I have him winning it about 6.1% of the time. So those are the three that nearest the top of the betting board 
offer the most outright value. That's just for outrights. I will note, if you want to scroll through these, um, you can find some interesting numbers. Like Will Zalatoris here is pretty interesting. He's not necessarily bettable from an outright standpoint. I don't know if there's enough juice to squeeze out of that. There's a little bit of value there, but it gets better in the top five markets. So like Zalatoris for top five, I actually have him finishing in the top five 13.1% of the time. Now, you have to remember his sample size for the for the model is much smaller than everyone else's, but he's been playing great. So I have him finishing there about 13% of the time. It's a little bit less than Sungjae. It's a little bit more than Tommy Fleetwood. And his top five number, you can get it at 10 to 1, I believe, which means there is a, a couple of percentage points that you can squeeze out of there. So that's the best place to deploy Will Zalatoris is the top five market. The top 10 market's okay. The top, the outright market is a little bit worse than that. And then the top 20 market, uh, it would be fourth out of four. So uh, notice that there are different ways that you can deploy these golfers to accomplish, you know, in theory, maximum value based on the model. You know, we can talk about the model. We can talk about um, kind of my gut reactions and where where I'm going anecdotally. But uh, it is worth noting that, of course, some guys are better in outright situations and some are better in top fives, top tens, or even matchups. Personally, uh, my betting card will reflect uh, a portion of this model. You know, I I, I find the intersection of, of my gut and the model at Terrell Hatton, who... Um, obviously has won this tournament in the past. He won it last year. He's back to defend. I think I don't have to think. I know his game sets up well for it. He's a, he wins at a very, very high clip worldwide. Um, the model loves him. He is, and, and with the way he played last week, he didn't play poorly last week, but he finished T22, which is disappointing, but he shot his best round on Sunday. So I'll give a nod back to Hatton at 18, which is uh, what I think to be a good number. And then I will also probably grab Sungjae at, uh, I think I got him at 25, but I, I see him at 22 in some places, 24. Um and this is really an investment in the Florida swing. He's been unbelievable at the Florida swing. He's been unbelievable at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, has the winning upside, obviously. And I think that there's a, a hair of, of value there. I probably won't be able to get to Rory. You know, I, I, I'm so torn on Rory, who hasn't won in over a year now. He's, he's, he's single digits. He's eight and a half to one. Um, this is a place that he's he's had great success at, but it's it's the iron game. We're a we are a year into his irons being tour average, and if you think I'm kidding, I mean let, let's let's just look it up. So here's Rory's uh, holy grail by round, uh, and what we'll do is to set a baseline. So let's do so it's March second. So let's do March first of 2019 to March first of 2020, and this would essentially be. Before, before the shutdown, right? That That's the year before the shutdown is essentially what, what we're looking at here. Um, he was gaining on average per round 0.7 strokes on approach. 0.7, okay? So nearly three quarters of a stroke, 0.7. If we change this to then March 1st, 2020 to March 1st, 2021, he is gaining a quarter of a stroke, 0.24. So that is a half a stroke per round 
essentially every single round for 66 round or 67 rounds in that time frame where he is worse on approach. It's it sounds small. Oh, it's only a half a stroke. A half a stroke on average in that one category is massive. That is the difference between being a top 10 player. No, it's probably the difference between being a um I'm trying to think in that category, like a top 40 player and like the best player in the world. I mean, now that I'm already down this rabbit hole, I might as well just do it. So let's just do, okay. So strokes gained approach for this season, a half a stroke would be the difference between, um, well, this is just this field, but essentially a half a stroke would be the difference between Matt Wallace, who is on a small sample size, the fifth best player on tour in strokes gain approach and, and the best player in this field. The difference between him and CT Pan, who is the 40th best player on tour. So that, like that's the difference. And that is what is stopping Rory from winning. So uh, if he can fix that now, and I've been saying this for a year, if he can fix that, Rory's going to be incredibly dangerous again. Uh, but it, it's going to be hard to do that and, and win golf tournaments. So I'm out on Rory, at least for this week. Because also, here's the other thing about Rory. You're not going to need to bet him when he's the favorite, right? If 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 he snaps out of this, if he gets the the approach game fixed, he's going to win. He can win any tournament on the planet Earth, right? So so I don't need to bet him when he's eight and a half to one. If we go to the players and he's twelve or fourteen, or we go somewhere else and he's long, like I don't need to bet this because there's there's no indication that he is better suited for this event than basically any event on the PGA Tour. He's that good. So it's kind of a weird dynamic with Rory right now. So with the way I build my card, which um, you know I, I made a video on this a, a couple of, of months ago, you can go check that out on the on the Rick Ryan Good YouTube channel. I'm sure it's under strategy, how to build a golf betting card. I think it's called. Uh, because I've kind of committed to Hatton and Sungjae at the top, I have to go a little bit. I have to go a lot further down my board uh, after that. I can't just pile in the 30s or 40s or anything. So um, I, I my next natural landing spot was the the 80 to 90 range, which I, I focused on. Cameron Davis, Cameron Tringale, and Corey Connors, the three, the three C's apparently. Um, because, you know, these are these are raw talent or ball striking guys. The only place I really ever want to deploy Corey Connors is probably here. So I'm about that. Um, and then that was probably it. I think I might have sprinkled just a tiny bit on Brendan Steele at 150. I think that numbers that numbers too far off. He should be he should be in the 80s to 90s. Uh, he's probably not gonna win, but I think that number's too far off for a guy who's historically a pretty good ball striker. So uh, that's probably my card. Pretty tight this week because I've I've got uh, two guys up near the top, uh, so I can see. Hey, let's go look at some some head to head matchups and see if we can find some some value there as well. All right, head to head matchups. Uh, this is the head to head matchups tool on RickRunGood.com. You can change the date frame to whatever you want. I've been going with the start of 2020, but I guess we could actually probably do like the last year and do. February on, but anyway, anyway, let's leave it. Let's leave it. See what happens. Um, right out of the gate here, especially because this is a guy that I already mentioned. Let's see what Corey Connors versus Taylor Gooch is. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. Corey Connors is minus one twenty five. Taylor Gooch is minus one oh three. I have Corey Connors winning this fifty two percent of the time to Taylor Gooch's forty seven percent, which makes this uh unbettable because both these lines are worse. So can't bet the Connor side and you cannot bet the Gooch side. Let's see what else we can find here. 
How about this? Max Homa versus Kevin Kisner. Homa, a recent winner. I feel like that sometimes influences these lines. And Kisner, who had a disastrous, uh, what was that, Saturday last week? Shot like an 80 or something. Yeah. See, here, here's, 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 this is kind of interesting. So I have Kisner, with, and, and it, it is very volatile, as you can see. Uh, Kisner played really well in the summer. Uh, Homa did not now Homa obviously coming back, especially because of the, the victory that he had. Um, but, and, and, and Kisner actually getting worse, but I still have Kisner winning this 54% of the time, which means he should be minus 117. He is the dog on DraftKings. Uh, it's close, but he's the dog. So the, the, the bet side would be the Kisner side of this. If you, if you trust in the model, See if we can find one more. I want to find a. I mean, they're getting harder and harder to find really far off ones. I bet you this one's pretty far off, but could you trust Harris English right now? Fowler versus English. I mean, the longer the time frame you go, it's only going to get better for Harris English. I mean, Ricky Fowler's not even beating Kevin Kisner in a in a head to head. Yeah, I have Harris English winning this seventy eight percent of the time in the last year. That shows how bad. Fowler has been how good English has been now English has been really bad recently and Fowler has been better so that's that is what books are working off of if you if you want to buy into long term this is certainly a Harris English bet I am winning it 78% of the time that's in that's bonkers numbers um, because these guys haven't been close in the last year but in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, they have been. So you have to decide what is important to you. But Harris English is minus 129 to Ricky Fowler's plus 100 on DraftKings. Um, I have it where, I mean, if you're doing a 78% win probability, Harris English should be minus 363, which is obviously huge. And um, one of the bigger differences we've we've gotten when we plug in two golfers here. So I was looking for a big one, and I found it uh, with English over Fowler, if you like the long term. One and done. Let's do a run good one and done update. And I believe there were some Colin Morikawa backers last week. We've got Jay Key at 7.9, holding strong at the top of Storm of Shanks in second. Logan Dempsey in third, Swarm 19, and Brandon K9 rounding out the top five. Let me see what our segment is here. So we have three events left in segment two. So that's the API this week, the players, and then the Honda. So the end of the Florida swing concludes the end of segment two. Keep that in mind. Uh, so if that, that does change your strategy a little bit, if you are like, let's say, let's look at the standings here. And this, this, this also applies to uh, maybe some of the other, uh, contests that you're in, you know, if you are chappy chaps, right. Who is at 4.1 million for the year, but second in, in segment two, you might want to burn a stud more than me, right. Who who's I'm probably not going to win segment two, but like you could lock in some winnings if you win segment two. So that might change your strategies just a little bit, determine what's important to you. But for this week, I, I think there's a lot of really good options. You know, you're going to get certainly no complaints from me if you go out and play Sung J.M. Uh, we've talked all week long about the Florida Swing. 
talked all my life long about how great Sungjae is. You're not going to get any complaints from me. You're not going to get any, any complaints from me if you roll back out on, on Terrell Hatton. If you didn't use him last week and you think, okay, he's going back to a place where he can defend, let me just roll Terrell Hatton back out there one more time. You're not going to get any complaints from me about that. Uh, you're also not going to get any complaints from me if you go look at uh, the course history guys. The Francesco Molinari's of the world, for example. So Molinari, who is coming off of, what, three top tens in his last four starts. Um, you look at his uh, historical ownership, you know, has has basically resided just at the American Express. Now, if you're ever going to use a Francesco Molinari, because you probably don't have to use him much, uh, this would be a pretty good spot to do it. He's trending well. You could also go to Mark Leishman, right? I, I mean, it depends. It depends on how big your... If you're doing the full like 50 weeks of one and done, or you should, you should, you guys should read the emails I get about how many different one and dones are out there. Oh, we do a two and done, or we do two, but then in the ma- the majors you get three, and then like, or you get a mole. Like, there's so many different ways. So, so obviously, what I'm take, what I'm telling you, um, should not be taken as gospel. Uh, you should be looking at it from your own lens and figuring out what what is best for your current situation. But if you need to use someone like a Leishman, uh, there are, his, there have historically been a couple of, of places to run him out. The Sony open, of course, and the API. Uh, those are the two, mo- the, the two most popular places to use him. We also saw, uh, actually a lot of people using him at, at work day, the Workday charity open, or at least relative to other events that you could have used Mark Leishman at. So those were the three that stood tall. But I mean, that that's four really solid options, depending on what you're looking for. Um, I've narrowed it down to Sungjae, Hatton, Leishman, and Molinari. Uh, you could certainly go in any other direction, but that feels like a really good core to start with and figure out kind of what your needs are and go from there. I think that'll do it. Bets and one and done in the books. Uh, should be a great week. Is Bryson going to try to drive number six? Might try. I don't think, I, I don't know if he'll do it. He'll try. We'll see it in a practice round. It'll be fun. Otherwise, tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Let me know who you're thinking for one and done this week. Let me know if you have any questions, concerns, comments, whatever you want. Best of luck this week. See ya.